0: You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan.
1: Welcome back to the SA Weekly Talk Show. Mike Callahan here with my co-host, Cody Owen. Special guest this week, Krista Mutenberg from Element Turf and Outdoor Solutions. Um, been waiting a long time to get Krista on the SA Weekly Talk Show. I know uh, maybe a little stage fright with the, uh, the live recording of this, but... Just absolutely excited to have you on here, Krista. A lot of knowledge, a lot of things you've been doing over at Element Turf um, and Outdoor Solutions the last couple of years. Last time we really talked was over at um, uh, the SA conference in the fall, and um, you were just making some massive changes in the business, driving um, some serious growth and building a team. So we're really excited to kind of pop the hood a little bit and see what you guys are doing over there um, and all the success and maybe some of the struggles that you've had along the way and how you've overcome them. So Krista, uh, if people haven't heard about you or uh, Element Turf and Outdoor Solutions, would you mind just giving us uh, a little background on how you how you actually got into the lawn care industry and how you cut your teeth? I know I know the background story from previous talks, but um, pretty interesting uh, way to get into this industry for sure.
2: Yeah, um, I guess I have a little unorthodox start compared to some other people. Um, so- so i uh I have zero background in the lawn and landscape industry um i I did a little bit of everything I started off in college spent a, a we'll say just a few years uh bouncing around to some different areas, not figuring out what I wanted to do um ended up doing a a variety of different jobs um working at some retail, doing a lot of sales and marketing positions and retail type things that i I really enjoyed. Um, at one point my father-in-law and my husband uh, decided they were going to go in my father-in-law was um, re- he's retired army and he was working part-time wanted to do a little side job because that's how he is He is never happy with the status quo just always wants to do something else so he was mowing some lawns on the side and wanted to get into doing something a little more so uh, he and my husband went together bought a mower and he was going to mow and um, one thing kind of led to another and ended up kind of starting a little business. And I somehow got roped into uh, running some of the, you know, kind of trying to keep the books for him basically. And and he was doing, running it. And after after a short period, about a year, um, it, it didn't work out really great with the setup that we had. And so my husband and I just decided that we were going to buy him out of the business, let him do the work. And uh, one of us was going to run the business. And since my husband, he's, uh, he's actually an engineer for the state. Um, I was working a retail job. So I had more time. I started running it for him. And uh, three months later, I ended up having to quit my job because I did my marketing went a little crazy. And we get so much work that I didn't have time to do my job anymore. So um, that was about 10 years ago, we, uh, you know, we, we grew pretty quickly, I, I started off, helping my father-in-law out um i at my my job at the time i was working a said a retail job i was actually selling finance and insurance at a motorcycle shop of all places but i had to work weekends all the time i missed my son's soccer games all the time and uh at the time it was just anything to get away from that um so i started this with him and i, I was like yeah i'll i'll help you i'll weed eat i'll do whatever i'd never done i I mean even as a kid i never mowed grass before in my life so it was an interesting experience um working with my father-in-law of all people and uh spent about a year two years maybe doing that and realized i wanted to get out of the field just as quickly as i could so we we worked really hard to add a couple crews and and got me out of that and um, a couple years later you know we were running i think i think we were running two to three crews in you know it was it was going and and got into that stage of getting burnt out very quickly um mm-hmm. and i really hated my life and hated everything and it was kind of awful for a, a couple of years and I, I finally made my way to a service autopilot conference i think it was in 2017 and uh kind of changed my life a little um realized that you know it was a lot more to this than just kind of being a, a lawn mower and 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 all the negative things that kind of were associated with, with running a lawn mowing business. And I realized that, you know, th- there was a lot more that I could do with it. And so, like I said, kind of changed my life about, I guess that has been about three years ago now, um, did, did a lot of work since then. So in the last three years, we've grown our business. So I think we've, we've tripled it in the last three years. Wow. Um, that added six managers now at this point at that at that time it was me and I had a part-time secretary and i think we were running three two man mowing crews um we now have 20 to 25 employees i think
0: um
2: wow. yeah we're running i've got I have, we keep building the management team <laughs> this year was supposed to be our uh not a growth year we, we were we are trying to streamline our processes and 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 try and nail everything down a little bit um, how we wanted to, to kind of had the plan of of trying to grow a little bit more every other year and and take a year breather every in between each one and crazy how that happens huh yeah so, absolutely
1: um, so. Um, so as we're kind of diving in there Chris I had a few few questions yeah. I kind of want to hit on uh, obviously Please. one hell of a background and really impressive and I can't believe it's only been three years that we've really known each other from that SA conference when yeah. we first met uh, I want to say what's up to Michelle from Pink Collars as well a certified advisor at Service Autopilot and she says the boss as, as she's, I think she's referring to Krista <laughs> Harris. So absolutely. <laughs> um, but you, you, touching back on all your different work experience for retail, insurance, uh, motorcycle shop, I didn't see that one coming, but I guess I could see it. Um, traditionally, those jobs you're working, I probably had more traditional working hours, five days a week. Um, and most service businesses, including lawn care and, and um, design build traditionally start out with a five day work week. Now, kind of curious, as you continue to grow and scale that business, um, with multiple people out in the field. Um, was there a shift from a five-day work week? Did you stay with a five-day work week? Um, if you didn't use a five-day work week, was there any pros or cons? It, it would How would you go about that if you were to redo it all over again?
2: So that was a big thing that we discussed a lot over this last year. Um, when we were smaller, it seemed like we'd had a lot less trouble making up rain days, um, making up some work. And as we got bigger it got harder to uh to do this um last year we ran into some issues we've always prided ourselves on being able to make up work within a day or two um and and it, it, we were really struggling with it a little bit last year with and we had a wet year last year um so over the winter that was a big discussion for us and we moved this year to all of our field crews working four-day work weeks so um while our office staff is still working the five-day work week uh, regular eight-hour days. Our field crews are all working four tens. So we work Monday through Thursday, um, with our Friday being our makeup day. Um, mm-hmm. It was is a, a huge change for us, and, and it's been a <laughs> little crazy atmosphere. Uh, a lot of things, you know, we're figuring out on the fly with a uh, with a lot of stuff. But it's it's worked out really well. Obviously, gotten through. You know, April. I still think we work five days a week. Um, cause I don't think we had a single week without rain days. We're without issues. Um, you know, and, and where we're at, we're right outside of St. Louis, if, if everybody doesn't know the spring season is just, there's so much growth, there's so much extra work in our spring season. Um, you know, we figure on a, a 20 to 30%, uh, you know, less efficient during the spring. So we just, we count on overtime. We know it's going to happen. You know, the guys are going to typically work 50 hours you know, during the spring season. But once we got into that, um, somewhere around the middle of May, we started, finally, the guys were, you know, guaranteed getting their three-day weekends and, and everybody's just been so happy.
1: <laughs> so I, I'm glad <laughs> so, you hit on that. So it's, it's really, great. it's really interesting as we're now kind of running into, um, as we're recording this live here, next week is going to be the holiday weekend of 4th of July. And I know one of the big things that we saw at Callahan's in the early days is uh, we ran those five days a week, and we actually started burning out some of our best employees. And then you mentioned the rain day. Upstate New York and Rochester, very similar. Um, you know, efficiency gains, you didn't catch them, so things started to dry out. Um, and I'm curious what your thought was, but and maybe you haven't seen it yet because it sounds like this is the first year you did it, but we almost saw a culture and a morale shift. Um, because it was really interesting how, if you gave people four days to, uh, to get the work done instead of five, it started to magically within a little time, actually get done in four days. And obviously I had a couple extra hours built into the day, but it was really interesting when you got, we got those rain delays for half a day or a quarter day here and there, you know, it would, they still would manage to get that four days done before if, Friday yes. so they could and get and the long weekend and I, and I don't know was, if it, what it was, but it was magical. So did you guys yeah. see anything
2: like that? Yeah, so that was a huge part of our discussion, is that when we had, you know, last, last year, if we had a rain day on a Monday, those guys would manage to get our entire schedule done still somehow before the end of day Friday, and our numbers would look amazing, and everything is great, and you know, we don't have the the load and unload time every morning, you know, you're cutting out one of those days, you know, every week when you do that, and, and it just helps the numbers, so incredible mm-hmm. and then pitching it to the guys where you're saying you know yeah even if we do have a rain day you're still guaranteed you're getting your weekend you're not you know we're not working on saturdays you know mm-hmm. you're making your rain day up on a friday so you know you may you may not get a three-day weekend but you're gonna get a two-day weekend and it's it's definitely helped because even when the guys are pushing 50 even sometimes 60 hours they're still managing to getting it done and still have a weekend and it's it's helped hugely yeah that's huge well, i can't sure. I, I can't you say enough about
1: that, that. And I remember there was one, one week, a uh, year that I almost missed mother's day. Literally, I was out on the truce mm-hmm. with the guys trying to get caught up when we had that five day work week. That was like the, out uh, of the emotional turning point for me that, you know, we've got to, we got to condense this down and it started to trickle down. Um, so I guess the next thing I, I'm kind of interesting, Krista, that, that we're looking at is you talked about adding, oh, it looks we lost Krista here. Let's give yeah. her a minute. <laughs> um, one, i want going to send a, a big shout out to it, to, uh, John Paytech as well. Uh, John, um big, big uh, supporter of the SA weekly talk show. And I know he is uh, just a mover and shaker in uh, the YouTube community as well. So can't, hopefully GIE plus Expo is um, alive and well next week, or I mean, next, this upcoming year. Um haven't heard any things on that as well. And I'm sure the SA team as well is going to be there and happy to um, do that here. So I'm just going to message Krista real quick and see if we can't get her uh, back on the feed here. But uh, this is not the first time
0: this has happened. So not a big deal. We can, we can vamp. We are uh, broadcast professionals. Um, also, I think Alyssa said hi to us. She did it as Service Autopilot, though, so Service Autopilot commented on Service Autopilot's video.
1: I like it. Yeah. One, big big shout out to uh, the support team at SA as well. Uh, just crushing it lately, as well as the marketing and sales team. Just uh, really amazing what, the, what what SA is doing behind the scenes and getting a sneak peek at some of that as a certified advisor. So um, just a lot of good things coming down the pipeline for the SA community. Um, and as we're waiting here for, for Krista as well here to see if uh, we can get her back online. If not, um, I definitely want to hit on a couple of key points that she had for success in um, Element Turf and Outdoor Solutions. Uh, believe it or not, Cody, we were a little prepared for this uh, more than usual. So I, I had a quick call with her um, before just to get some notes to kind of see where we were at. Um, oh, and it, actually that is uh, Scott Howard joining us live as well. So you, all right. What's up, Scott? So uh, one of the things that, that Krista and I were talking about before the, the SA Weekly Talk Show Live is is building a team and, and avoiding being into that day-to-day chaos. Um, She's just about to come in right now. But um, as we were talking about that, uh, with Krista and she's Are just you? about to come in. Sorry. Ah, you're good. You're good. So, uh, Krista, we, we were just, uh, giving a quick shout out to John Paytech and, uh, Scott Hort of SA. um, but as we were diving into kind of your story, we had talked a little beforehand, um, you had kind of touched about, uh, how you wanted to kind of maybe get out of the day-to-day operations of being in the field, the weed whack and the mowing that probably wasn't, um what you got into business for as many of us, including myself, I really didn't get into uh, owning a business to be in the day-to-day trenches on the truck. Not that I didn't enjoy my, um, my time on the truck, but eventually I think you hit a point when you own a business that you realize that you can't very similar to Michael Gerber, you can't work on it and work in it at the same time. Um, So over the last two years, you've had some very instrumental changes um, in the business. So if you wouldn't mind walking through how you're building a management staff to actually get yourself out of some of that day-to-day grind, Um, I thought that was pretty interesting, the the approach and what you've done literally in the last two years is incredible.
2: Yeah. So uh, the first step that we took actually is our, my main mowing guy, I guess should say, um, one of our first hires that wasn't a family member back, uh, been almost 10 years ago now, Um, he is our, we've promoted him to our field manager for the mowing division. So he manages our crews out in the field day to day. um, and, And he's been great and he works out wonderfully um he was our first my first management hire really as it started and then i mean it's it's one of the things that i think things just kind of keep happening quickly uh we we react quickly to things um i had hired a friend an old friend of mine a, a gentleman i've known since childhood um he came in to be my sales manager that was you know as we talk about trying to Uh, Remove all these hats from my head. The one that was taking up most of my time at the time was the sales and estimating So he was my second person to hire Um, He took over the sales and estimating part of everything. So my sales manager Gary um, brought him in I think in August of 2018 and He brought with him uh, As well a holiday lighting business that was kind of part of the deal He had been doing that on the side and he wanted to bring that into our company so In addition to bringing in the sales manager he uh he he brought in a whole division of holiday lighting as well so we've been doing that since 2018. um about two days after i hired him our the largest local fertilization weed control company in our area uh sold out to true green which um Uh you know
1: (laughs) that 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 couldn't have hurt
2: opened up some possibilities for some things here so uh i reached out and we we snagged a few of their employees one of them being um my current production manager we opened up our own division of uh, fertilization weed control and john um, came over from there he was the assistant production manager there he's my production manager here now and he's been wonderful in uh instrumental in helping us set up our our own program and uh, getting that running for us. So we've been doing that for about a year and a half now and growing that side of it. Um, up to that point, we had partnered with that company for the last 10 years. So um, we kind of had a few customers already that were working with them. And uh, so it was it was it was an easy transition, at least into running our own part of it. But um, it's been it's been a fun challenge for me, at least. To, so to you hit you could- sales and marketing into something different.
1: Yeah, so you've hit on that. So like you, now you built a management staff. Was there anything on the back end? So a lot of times when businesses are scaling as quick as you are, I'm um, kind of curious how you're tackling uh, the mechanical end. Are you? Do you have an in-house mechanic? Are you <laughs> running to shop down the street? What's the approach? Because I know at least in my business that was that was a turning point. Um, in uh, equipment yeah. maintenance, kind of was neglected for a bit until we figured out that process.
2: Yes. Um, as I mentioned before, my husband, my husband doesn't actually work in the business with us. Um, he does come help uh, after his work and he was the only one that was doing much of any Um So we did we did what we could uh, in-house, which wasn't a whole lot. We waited for him to take a look at things when he could. We sent everything out. Um, we always, all of our mowers are on the newer side. We try and keep everything under warranty as much as we can. Um, we, we buy used trucks though. Uh, We buy everything with cash. So uh, our trucks are all on the older side and they tend to need a lot of work. That's the way things happen. Um, So that was a huge turning point. I was kind of talking to Mike about this earlier, but we, uh, we've hired our first full-time mechanic this week. He started on Monday. Um, He is amazing. It's funny. He actually used to work for the, the Bert and weed control local company as well. Um, My manager, when we talked seriously about buying or hiring someone, He's like, well, we used to have this guy. I'll call him and see what he was doing. So, uh, that's,
1: that's crazy. So, you know, that, that some, so sometimes but- that true green Chemlon uh, acquisition locally will work in new, um, non, you know, corporate, uh, businesses advantage. I know when, uh, Chemlon made a local acquisition in our market a few years ago, um, I, I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but the gentleman had his pickup truck with all the paper contracts and all oh. the credit card numbers written out on the contracts and the mm-hmm. true green employee was driving down the throughway, and three quarters of the contracts flew out the window and that's how the acquisition was actually found out about because the news station picked it up people's credit cards numbers were flying down the highway oh, my God. um but their client base and their employee base um same exact thing there was a couple we picked one or two up but there was a lot of different local companies of good size going in and trying to grab those client base mm-hmm. and as well as the employees so it's interesting um when those certain things happen, if you're proactive like you were, obviously that that could be a huge benefit. Um, but going around that huge growth and now bringing all these new employees in, um, how did you actually go out and train these people, Krista? Was it, you know, obviously there's field and office staff, but now you're you're diving in head first here on both of these. So is there any tools or tricks that you you could share with us to um, ease that process? And I know at least in my end, it's never per- or perfect. It's a it's an evolving thing, but. Um, yeah, that seems to be one of the biggest issues or concerns in the SA community of of users. Is you know, when I go and hit the gas pedal and scale that fast, how do I actually go out and replicate myself and train these people?
2: So obviously, management and field staff are are a whole different ballgame. But um, you know, replicating with our field staff, though, that's something that we've. I feel like we've we've come a long way on um, a lot of things that we've heard mm-hmm. over and over from a lot of people here um, in this in the SA arena. But we. We started with uh, Greenius training a couple of years ago. Um, it, I really like it for, and maybe not for the most obvious reasons. Um, if you're not a, aware of Greenius training, it's mostly technical and safety training um, for the green industry. Um, what I like about it is that when we hire people in, we assign them the training, and it's a very good hoop to jump through. That you know you have to do these couple trainings before you start and you know it's a very good good way to find out if they're going to do what us expect them to do before they even start so um you know it's some basic things like like general safety and, and general harassment kind of training that we have them do before they they even start with us and then the very basics of fuel management and those kind of things before they get out there and we have different levels that we um send them through so you know you have to learn how to you know do the safety training on the weed eater before you do that and you know so there's a, a like a tech one and then a tech two and then you're allowed to touch the mower and you know and there's pay raises that go with these things sometimes and there's a whole you know a system that we put everybody through and and while obviously Everyone's aware of how difficult the hiring situation has been now. Um, it's it certainly, I feel like it really has cut down on our turnover a lot. Um, having a systematic approach to it, um, th- nothing's perfect. Obviously, <laughs> we still have issues. We still have guys committing the same problems over and over, even though we try our best to, to go through the, these trainings with them. But having the standardized training with everyone really does help. Um, at least we know that we have gone over it with them. We know that we've 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 talked this over. So if they, you know, continue to weed eat around the playground, even though we've told them you cannot weed eat on that playground, you know, multiple times, then it's it's an infraction and it's not a, oh, did we did we do that? Did we talk about that with them or or you know, did so and so cover that when we took them out? Um, so that I mean that, that to us has been a really big thing. Um we bring them in for a half day of onboarding and don't just shove them right out in the field first thing. <laughs> They get a feel for the office they get a feel for how we work around there um they do some in-house training before they actually go out into the field and i think all those things have helped us a lot in our in our process at least i i still feel like we have a long way to go that's one of our, our things that we talk about a lot in our meetings and, and ways that we could improve but like a lot of things it's kind of our winter project that we're going to be discussing over this year of how we can tweak it a little more and work on a little little more for next year.
0: So as you've handed off things in the office, what has that process looked like with bringing in the sales manager, uh and, and other people in the office, what does that look like?
2: Um, so, you know, every every new person it it, it it's funny. As soon as I take off a hat, I find about three more on my head somehow. But <laughs> um yeah I don't know. I don't know how to say this without saying, you know, it it seems the more people that we've had, I, I, without saying it's more of a struggle at this point, but this year with adding so many people so quickly, the communication has been the, uh, that's all I can say is the communication is the key. Um, it, and that's been a little bit of our struggle bus. Um, we're working very hard on making sure that everybody's staying on the same page. Um, but that's, that's been the hardest part of it. Um, as as far as that as well as me being the control freak and trying to let go of things (laughs) that is (laughs) that is maybe the other hard part um my my staff will tell you that sometimes i micromanage things a little
1: bit we can be the bottleneck occasionally i mean you know it's Uh, possible yeah um
2: (laughs) and and you know i i try not to say well. Long as I know that it's getting done I will not do that. But <laughs> it, it,
1: communication right now probably is not as easy with covid. I'm assuming you're probably staggering some crews um, and doing some things. So yeah, yeah.
2: um and that's a lot of it. We don't we don't see each other all that much. The so our management team, well, especially when covid started, we we had everybody working remotely um and trying to run remote meetings and and do things all over slack uh was challenging for sure. Um and then when we all kind of came back, we We kind of came off the slack bandwagon and I think our communication went downhill again so we're. we're really working on trying to put everything back in writing and not relying on the face to face communication because that's where I think we dropped the ball a lot Um, there's just too many people involved. Um, Our biggest problem at this point right now is the communication between our salesperson to like our landscape crew into me into the invoicing and making sure that everything's getting covered all the bases throughout the entire process. So um, it's just it's just a never ending challenge of, of working through the processes and then refining your process and then you add a new person and then you change your process and you refine it and you're figuring it out as we go.
1: It's definitely a moving target. I can appreciate that. And then one of the things that kind of popped into my head, so now you're, you're adding all these people, um, right now, especially with COVID and the new employment, uh, unemployment, um, compensation, we'll call it. Uh, a lot of folks are home making a pretty good chunk of money, not doing anything, but in order, at least in New York, in the previous years, I'm not sure, uh, what it looks like right now in the COVID, but, um, like at Callahan's like in New York, um, during, most of the time during Callahan's, we would find individuals, if they signed up for an interview, it continued their unemployment benefits. So we, until we kind of figured that out, we had a massive issue of a lot of interviews just not showing up. I mean, it would be full days at a time where we'd literally be sitting twiddling our thumbs in the office, like, is this interview even going to happen until um, we actually figured it out? So I'm, I'm curious right now, with the amount of growth you've got to be doing some interviewing, are you seeing any particular challenges before COVID? With getting people to show up to these interviews, or even now with COVID, the benefits. I know a lot of people, um, especially in the cleaning industry, couldn't even get their employees to come back because they were making almost as much money, or if not more, with the unemployment benefits um, that they were getting. So, uh, kind of curious if you're seeing any of those issues coming up.
2: Yeah, um, you know, we we kind of put a freeze on hiring for at the beginning with the COVID, and then when we tried to come back again, like the before all of this happened at least in here in illinois um you know you could tell uh, unemployment plays a a big part um i would say we had about a 50 percent rate or so of people actually showing up for interviews um that's kind of the way it is I, i think uh the way it works here is that you just have to report uh where you apply for jobs to unemployment and that's about it um so people will apply and then you call and say, you want to come for an interview? And they're like, uh, yeah, sure. And then they never show up. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, before all this happened, I I think we were about 50% rate or so. And now it's down to maybe 20, 30% or so people actually showing up for the interviews. Wow. So Um, a cut, like
1: almost in 50%. So if you had 10 people interviewed, you know, five would show up. Now you're looking at three to five, maybe
2: it's, um, Thankfully, it's one of those hats that I gave away. My, uh, my father actually works for us as our HR manager. He works part time, but he comes in um, for the mornings all week and he goes through all the applicants and he does all the phone calls. But um, I, I wanna say he's probably going through, you know, 20 or 30 applicants. And, you know, he has, to, he has to call probably about 20 people even just to get one person to come in for an interview um it's it's that bad right now just trying to we've been short staffed all year um we were probably i think we're hiring for maybe four field positions and an office position we've been looking for an office staffer for six months which is crazy wow to find somebody for a front desk um yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not as easy as you would think
1: so i don't and I, I don't know if we talked about it but i know when we hired for the last position at Callahan's, I think we had 150 or 160 applicants through Indeed and in some of the other places we were looking at. So just just that pure volume of chaos you got to get through to actually find these applicants. I mm-hmm. know, especially as of late, is tough. So um, you know, it, it sounds like you, you had to almost delegate that to be able to run the business and still have someone focus on building that bench, or as Jonathan Petoschnik calls it, the the virtual bench. Um, right. So obviously I know you very condensed schedule. I appreciate you joining us, but as we kind of wrap this up here um, as you kind of doubled down and grew the business, what, I guess, what would be the driving force? Was it, um, advertising, was it referrals? Was it door hangers? Was there a certain sauce as you went out to kind of create this rapid growth with your sales background? And, um, kind of before we get into that, I guess it would probably be helpful if people actually knew your service makeup. So are you guys, we obviously talked about fertilization, weed control. Are we doing landscape maintenance, design, build, kind of what does that look like? And I guess, was there a core area of focus that you looked at to actually drive the growth of the business? And was there some key takeaways that, that, that you saw on the back end of that, it had a good result.
2: So a uh, few things there. So we, our businesses, we're about 50% mowing maintenance. Um, so I, I look at our numbers, I'd, I'd say 50% maintenance, we're about 15% landscape design build. And to be honest, we focus more on softscape than anything. Um, our project, we do small small design build projects under five thousand dollars usually um just to keep things manageable and uh, logistically manageable for me basically at this point um and then we're i think, I think we ran i want to say 11 percent on uh for last so far this year and then uh, about 10 percent is on our what we call maintenance contracts so we have a few larger like hospital complexes, malls, that sort of thing where we kind of do full service maintenance contracts. Um, one of the things is, as far as our mowing goes and, and that we kind of specialize in, I would say, is uh, municipal contracts. We do a lot of uh, large city and, and municipal contract mowing. Um, that's one of the things that helped us grow very quickly in our interesting. area. Interesting. And that's well,
1: something we don't hear in our ecosystem. So that that's pretty interesting. So that, that was a good driver of growth. More uh, commercial,
2: yeah. Um, industrial. That's uh, honestly us landing one certain contract was what was what helped us to grow very quickly in, in one area at least, and, and enabled us to 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 make some moves that we wouldn't have been able to if we hadn't had that mm-hmm. contract. Um, but then, as far as the marketing goes, one of the things we didn't, we really didn't touch on that um, one of the things that we did after I left uh, in 2017 is that we rebranded and renamed our company in 20, early 2018. Um, we had the typical we were cutting edge lawn service uh, is what we started at along with about 27,000 other cutting edge lawn services across the country um, as we grew uh, and, and expanded our service area we were r- bumping into a couple other companies with similar names that was kind of running into an issue and, and it didn't really encompass. Um, you know, all the services that we were starting to offer as well. So that was a, another big driving force. I think just just the fact of our our rebranding in and of itself and all of the marketing that went into that, um, you know, new vinyl on all of our trucks, uh, we had a new location. We had, a, you know, new signage. We had all the, the marketing that I put into changing our name and doing everything. It was it was just a big kickstart, I think, um, a couple of years ago, and that really helped a lot
1: with all of our growth. So. Awesome, Cody. Do you have any other questions as far as um, the growth here and things that, that, that Chris is going through before we
0: kind of uh, bring it to a close? If we can jump back to recruiting real quick, we got a question in the comments that I wanted to make sure that we gave Chris a chance to like specifically address. Hi,
2: Colin.
0: Uh, so I know that you have handed this off to your part-time HR. Uh, director but what what are you guys using to find people uh yeah you know, what what do you got going on
2: so in our area the things i found the most effective is really indeed we use indeed for almost mm-hmm. everything um we use the career page on indeed and then i use i i use facebook as well but i hate i hate the facebook job app so we we push everything back to the indeed app mm-hmm. um, excuse me when we're working on that so pretty much indeed in facebook is is all the marketing that we use for the job recruiting um we're we're located on the main street in town so we have a big now hiring flag that we put out in front of our shop i don't think it does anything um i can tell you all the things we've tried that i don't think really do anything but uh, we've tried open houses multiple times um, at different times of the day, different times of the week. Tried to drive people in, you know, to the shop in person, thinking that you know people aren't applying online because of that. It hasn't done anything. Um, all we do is sit around looking at each other, eating cupcakes all day, waiting for somebody to show up. Um, where,
1: where was our invite? I like cupcakes.
2: <laughs> so um, really, yeah. It, uh, at least around here, for right now, it seems like Indeed is where all the action is for us. So that's where we spend most of our time. Uh, lately, I've, you know, even last year, I I wouldn't have even considered boosting any of the jobs on Indeed. This year, I've had to do it nonstop, just to be active and and to get any applicants. So, um, really had to start spending some money on doing it this year.
1: So. Yeah, uh, looks like another uh, quick question here. If you got time for it too, as well, I want to say what's up to Tim. Uh, Another big time SA weekly talk show listener. Uh, definitely Tim and, I, or, uh, Tim and I hung out after uh, SA6 and, and caught up and t- talked about his business up in mass. But uh, Tim's question is, uh, what was the biggest impact of rebranding? Was it the truck colors, logos, or just the overall restart?
2: Um, I think it was a little bit. I think it was our name a lot. I think uh, just kind of the image and name um, moving from, to me, it just, and and may, maybe it's me because it's just personal to me, but the cutting edge lawn service, um, you know, spelling out lawn service in our name felt like it was really pigeonholing us into being a, a small, um, a small, very specific type thing, and opening us up to. You know, originally, we were actually just going to be Element Outdoor Solutions, and um, decided that too many people were like, well, but what do you do? So we added the turf in as well. Um, the colors also, you know, just trying to get away from your typical lawn service colors a little bit and doing something a little different. Um, I don't know. I don't really, I couldn't tell you. I think it was a. Li- it was so many factors all happening at once, I think is a little bit of it. But um, I was able to, like I said, this is a little bit of just my background. I, I went to school for um, journalism and then switched over to marketing and advertising for a while. So, I, you know, I, I had some background in all of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know a little bit of few classes i took and everything my i i don't i don't think it misled pod you pod. so i think i think <laughs> you're being
1: being uh very very um you know humble about it i think what you've done has been been very direct and i think it's been uh very calculated so um just absolutely thank you for coming out and spending some time with cody and i in the essay community and sharing some of those nuggets um and we're gonna have to get you back on now that you've actually uh loosened up and gotten into the uh, Facebook live thing. So uh, for some reason, if we don't see before um, hopefully we'll see you again in November at SA seven and um, Chris, I appreciate everything you do for the SA community and um, congratulations on the rapid growth and success. Uh, Cody, anything else while we're closing up?
0: No, Krista, thank you so much for your
2: time. Thank you guys.
0: Appreciate
1: All right. it. Well, we will see everyone again uh, next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central. Uh, just wrapping up episode 52 of the SA Weekly Talks. We'll see you next week on episode 53 with um, possible special guest, Josh Latimer. Um, just moving it, shaking, selling a lot of businesses and helping people um, automate and grow their service businesses, whether it's lawn care, soft washing, pressure washing, um, or anything else in between. It's hard to keep a pulse on where Josh is going, but always a good knowledge bomb. Uh, when we get them on here. So until next week, we'll see you, Krista. Thanks again. And Cody, as always, uh, appreciate it, brother. Make sure if you haven't checked us out, we are um, on iTunes, Spotify, and all the other major podcasts. uh, So we will be up with the podcast version of this by the end of the day today. So thanks again, and we'll see you next week on the SC Weekly Talk Show.
0: Awesome. If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an Estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.